we need to love the Lord more and more. And thank God for that. Well, this morning, I want to uh, share with you uh, a story about two people in the Bible. Uh, It's Felix and his wife, Drusilla. And I pray that the Lord will use this uh, short story to exercise our hearts, to bring us closer to Him. And those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior will come to know Him this morning. Uh, It's a story about a governor who was assigned to the seat in Caesarea, Uh, The Roman Empire used uh, this small uh, town there to govern the time, during the time to govern Israel. And uh, at a certain time when, uh, after, when Jesus was crucified, when he rose from the grave, and afterwards immediately uh, Felix was the governor there, and um, at a certain time also he was introduced to Paul the Apostle. I'm giving you a little bit synopsis so you know where I'm coming from. And every now and then, with his wife, Drusilla, he used to send for Paul while he was in jail, but he gave him some liberty so he could come and speak to him and to his wife because he was eager to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. He always always ask him, tell me and tell us about the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's take it from there in um, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 24, and I want to read a few verses. Verse 24, chapter 24 and verse 24. But some days later... During Paul's imprisonment in Caesarea, Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened and said, Go away, Paul, for the present, and when I find time, I will summon you. At the same time, too, he was hoping that money would be given by him, by Paul, to him. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him. But after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Procius Festus. And wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul imprisoned. So we have an idea what has What's been happening between Paul and Felix? In, those, in these uh, closing verses, we have a very special message for any who have not yet definitely decided to follow Christ. I want you please to listen to that. God's word says, now is the accepted time. Now. Now is the day of salvation. But it seems so natural to neglect 
this heavenly call and put off the settlement of this very important question. Felix took that attitude. And according to historical records, he lived and died a Christ rejecter. I want to give you some characteristics about Felix quickly. He was a man of no principles, ungodly and a corrupt politician, according to the historical facts. He knew a great deal about what happened in Palestine. He knew about Jesus, his crucifixion, and heard about his triumphant resurrection. And uh, it is recorded of him in history that when he could not accomplish his purposes... He would call on a group of hired assassins in his service to destroy anyone that opposes him and put him to death. He removed many of his enemies by death to secure his own position. He later was removed in disgrace and replaced by Festus. Sad history, isn't it? Drusilla's characteristics, his wife, Uh, Who was she? She was the youngest daughter of King Agrippa I. Her father was from an uh, Edomite and Jewish extraction. She was brought up in the religion of Israel. She was instructed in her earliest days in the knowledge of the one true and living God and knew something about God's high standards for living. She comes from a sad family who lived a life of shame with her two sisters. She was 14 when she became the wife of King Azizus of old, and some years afterwards, Felix met met her. He lured her to leave her husband and come and live with him as his wife. Here we have them both, every now and then, sending for Paul to hear him. Who would have thought that these two people living in sin in such a way yet have some uh, thirst and to, to hear the word of God from a man like Paul himself. And they, every now and then, discussed with him the faith in Christ. And with this background, let's see what Paul did with them this morning. Uh, and when, uh, in this portion, uh, the Holy Spirit divulged or cleared to us what Paul talked to him about in this encounter. And we see, first of all, that uh, Paul talked to him about righteousness. Here's Paul before a man who could give a judgment on him to be in jail forever. Or to be murdered, to be killed, or to do whatever with him. But Paul took a stand. And I would imagine, I want you to come with me and imagine this man standing before the governor who has the authority, who has the power to do anything he wanted to do with with Paul. And Paul says in verse 25 to him, without any hesitation, Felix, I want to talk to you about the righteousness of God about self-control, and about the judgment of God that is coming. And the Bible says that Festus, at that, Felix at that moment got frightened. 
He got shook. Paul didn't care. No wonder. If we follow Paul a little bit there and take the stand with him. No wonder with another man's wife by his side. He should be frightened at the word of righteousness. And you, Felix, you have no righteousness of your own. With this life that you are living. And the judgment of God was against all unrighteousness. I'd like to tell you that. And that all men everywhere were sinners that needed a savior. Paul stood before Felix. And told him, Felix, with this kind of life you're living, you know a little bit. You know nothing about righteousness. Felix, you know what righteousness is. Righteousness is to be right with God. I want to make it plain to you. And we've been discussing things together. And I want you to examine yourselves. You and your wife. Are you right with God? Come with me. And look at this man. And I would imagine Paul with uh, all the power of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't hesitant. He wasn't ashamed of his Savior. He wanted to tell Felix, I have an opportunity I might not have. And I want to seize this and take this opportunity and tell you, Felix, about the righteousness of God. How you can be reconciled with God. Your life needs a change, Felix. Especially a man in your position. And I can, I can see Paul says, you with your position, the Roman Empire behind you. And I tell you one thing, and I can only quote what, the, what says in the Bible, Felix, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And Felix, you are living in sin. Was he hesitant? No. Was he ashamed? No. Was he timid? No. He told him the truth about it. Your excellency, he said, you need to think of this very important area in your life. And you should repent and leave this lifestyle of shame and carelessness. This same Little message that God gave, that God gave on the mouth of Paul, I believe did not change. It's the same message. And the voice of Paul of old is the same voice that speaks to us today, which is the voice of God. We need to be right with God. If you're sitting on a comfortable chair today and you feel uncomfortable, that's fine. Because if God's speaking to your heart and speaking about your life and telling you that you should repent and accept the Lord Jesus as Savior, get reconciled with Him. Do something that is right and be right with God. This is the time 
And this is the opportunity. He talked to him also about something else, self-control. You know, here Paul continues to address another area in Felix's life. He would not hesitate to witness the fact that he instead of holding his physical passions, he was let go of everything in his life. And he was telling him, you are living according to your lusts, according to your desires. And let me, let me say something, and you are living in a no control, what we call out of control. Your life is out of control, dear Felix. And your passions is running you instead of you and self-control running your life. It's dominating your reason. Instead of living under control, you're controlled by evil. Justice, you know, at that time and temperance was, was uh, the, uh, the moral and it was also the celebrated virtues of the Roman Empire there, at least from the outside. Yet Felix's reputation points to the fact that he never mastered his desires and passions and that he was a stranger to self-control. Is that? Okay. Do you think this applies only on Felix? Let's talk about self-control today. Let's, talk, let's look around us. Is this world in a self-controlled mode? If you're with me, you will understand. Was that a self-controlled mode for this sniper, what he did in Washington, in the Washington area? When we were hit as a nation, were these people in control? The world is going out of control. And the world's emotions are out of control nowadays. Inside each and every heart, inside each and every mind, there is a storm raging. Any person who is outside Christ is fighting. Is fighting the demons. Yes, you tell me, I want to do good, but I find myself doing the wrong thing. Why? Because, you know what, you're out of control. Because God is not controlling your life. Because you're not right with God. Dear Felix, dear Felix, I, there no wonder that you're running out of control. And he spoke to him about something else. We're going to review that again. He spoke to him about the judgment to come. The judgment to come. And Paul continues this open and piercing dialogue to tell Felix, and Drusilla, that there's a judgment coming. With this kind of life, away from Christ, living the life that you want to live, completely out of control, I tell you one thing, there will come a day where you're going to give an account on every deed you have done. Who would dare stand before a governor who has the authority and the power to put an end to your life and tell that person that your life is out of control and a judgment is coming. Because the Bible says, he says, for it is appointed unto men once to die and, and afterwards, what? 
that judgment. This is what the Bible says. Paul did not hesitate to open and to be open and sincere. He did not compromise his stand. He did not, uh, as someone said, sugarcoat his statement. And he added this person, he did not soft pedal it. On the contrary, it took tremendous courage for this little Christian Jew to stand before that Roman governor and his wife and press home the message that you need to do something about your life. This life of corruption, this life of being away from God, this life of stealing someone else's wife, this is what he was telling him. This life of running out of control, killing people, getting your enemies, you do whatever you want, this, you have to put an end to it. And dear Felix, we have really forged a certain relationship, you and I, and you like to hear me. I am not going to tell you the lies, but I am going to be always telling you the truth. Oh, yes. How many people today, how many people who have given a chance to stand for God and to honor God and to present the gospel and the good news to the world, and we see them sugarcoat their messages uh, and soft pedal it, if you will, please, and then offer nothing to those hungry and people whose lives are running out of control. May God help us to stand firm on the promises of God, to stand firm on the word of God, and whatever God wants us to preach, let's preach the word that is from his Bible. Felix knew the truth. And he got terrified, the Bible says. And the memory of his sins rose before his own eyes. Listen to this. And he saw himself facing God and what to do about his sins. He was in trouble. He was in distress. But you know what? There was no repentance. How many times? How many times do we see people disturbed? People, God speak to their hearts. They're in distress. I have to do something about it. I need to do something. God speaks to their heart. And I hope this afternoon that the Lord is speaking to your heart. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, if you're not sure about your salvation, if you know that your life is running out of control, and if you're looking deep inside and you know, you know what, Adol is right. Or you don't know my name, this speaker is right. I have to do something about it. And that's what Felix and Drusilla thought. We have to do something about it. What was his response? Go away, Paul. Go away, Paul. When I find time, I will send for you. Ouch! I don't know how to react to this. I don't know what to tell you. I will send for you in any another version. I will send for you at a more convenient time. Now, I don't have time for the word of God. Now, I don't have time for Jesus. I don't have time for him to come and take my life and change it. Though Jesus made time for you and for me. In fact, he stopped the time. And he stopped every activity in heaven. And when the father called the son, he says, I have a special mission. I want to send you down there. The people are running out of control. They don't know anything about me. Unrighteousness is all over the place. I want you to go down. 
and I want you to visit this earth. I want you to die on the cross of Calvary, and I want you to save them from sin. He made time. God, for God was always a convenient time for you and for me. And yet we tell him, come back again at a more convenient time. You know, I'm sad to say the convenient time never came for Felix. As far as we know, and according to the Christian historical events, he later, after he was relieved two years later, he committed suicide. He was a shell of a man, corrupt and empty, without hope, though he knew where to get help. But his pride would not allow it. He died without a savior. I don't know about your situation. I don't know what's your relationship with God today. I know one thing. Felix neglected the opportunity and despised the blood of Jesus Christ. And I hope you will not neglect that yourself today. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How shall we escape? I hope you hear me. I hope you take it into your heart. I hope you say, oh wow, I came to church today to have joy. I tell you one thing, if you have sadness about your sins today and you commit them to the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior, you will have the greatest joy that you have ever experienced in your entire life. Do you feel that something is missing? Do you feel they have a void in your heart? Do you feel that there's a certain emptiness? Do you feel that you have many questions? Questions and questions and questions without answers. It's because you are going to the wrong person. If you come with your questions to Jesus Christ, he has an answer to every question. Do you feel like your life is out of control? Do you feel like your life is slipping away from your fingers and through it's slipping away? Do you feel you're helpless? you feel without hope? Turn to Jesus this morning and he will change your life completely. Oh, what folly. It's crazy to run away from the presence of God. To run away and tell Paul, go away. And you know what? Later on, Paul faced the king Agrippa. And he gave him a message as strong as this one. Praise God for that. It encourages the speakers and the preachers not to sugarcoat their messages. He stood before Agrippa and said, King Agrippa, I wish you would like me. They accept those chains. And you know what King Agrippa told him? Paul, you're mad. You know what? When we talk to people about Christ and they reject 
they reject the message. Do you know what they tell us? Ah, you are a Jesus freak. You're really carrying it too far. This is what he told him. He told him, Paul, you are mad. You're out of your mind. And thank God, Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, says, if I am out of my mind, it's for you. But if I, if I am really, really a man who has control of his mind, is for those sinners that I can give them the gospel while I'm living. He ran away. Go away. I don't want to see your face now. I don't want to hear it. I hope you agree with me that Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, which is self-control, and judgment to come. He must have put clearly before Felix the glorious message of the gospel. And what does the gospel say? Gospel is good news that Jesus came to die for you, to give you his own righteousness. To save you. Put your life in control. And what? And you, by doing that, you will escape the judgment to come. That's it. It was planned in heaven. It was planned for you and for me. And people say, go away. I don't want to hear you. Neglecting that. And Paul must have begged him. And says, Felix, consider this. And listen, I want to repeat it twice. It's not necessary for the sinner to meet God in judgment if he judges his sin now. If you judge your sin now, if you say, I'm a sinner, if you say, Lord, I am coming, I heard the message, I want to be right with you. I want to make it right. If you heard the message, you know, by judging yourself now, you will escape the judgment to come. You will not stand before the great white throne there. Not at all. Ah, yes, it will be wise, I beg you, to accept him as Savior rather than reject him and meet the judge because it says it is appointed for men to die once and afterwards, what? The judgment. Let's forget a little bit Felix and Drusilla, though they heard the message. And let's talk about ourselves a little bit. What does God require from man? The recipe is still the same as we said. To be right with God. And to give him the control of your life. Are you willing to do that? Well I'm wrapping it up this afternoon. Think of that. I am, am I willing to be right with God? Am I willing to give him my life? Am I willing to confess my sins? And I'm, am I willing to give him control of my life? Say Lord here it is. Take me. Change me. Do whatever you want with me. He created you. He'll take care of you. Do not be afraid of giving him everything. Do not be afraid to put that life of yours. After all, it's in his hands. He can take it away any time and any moment. So don't kid yourself. Give it to him. And let him take charge of of that. And give him that control. And you know what? He is so... Graceful, He will forgive you your sins and you will escape from the judgment into eternal life. Felix said, go your way now when I have 
a convenient season, I will call for you. I hope this will not be your response. Adel, another time. Let me ask you today to face this question honestly. Are you saying as Felix did, go away now and I am a little bit busy? Are you telling me, Adel, I have many things to do and I'm still young? Let me ask you, when do you think it's a more convenient time? When do you think it's a more opportune time? When do you think it's a better opportunity than today? When? Think of that. When do you think God is going to put in your life into complete control? When is it the best time? Tomorrow? Can you guarantee tomorrow? Next week. Do you guarantee next week? Later on this evening, when I go home and I sit down and think about it, then I will, I will settle the account with Christ. Let me tell you one thing. Do you guarantee that when you leave these doors, you're going to live to see tonight? I cannot guarantee it. When do you think that more convenient time will arrive? Is there a better opportunity than now? That's my my question. But again, you say, when I can take life more leisurely, then I will consider this question. You say, today I'm involved. I have my studies. You say, I'm overwhelmed with the family pressures. I have a big mortgage. I have to work for it. I have no time to think about these things. You see, I get up early in the morning and it's run, 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 run all day, all day long. I'm afraid while you're running, your heart might stop and you fall dead. And then you're going to face your creator for the rest of your life. You say, I'm very busy building a career. I'm very busy going to college. I'm very busy studying. I'm very busy Building a house. Give me another opportunity, Abel. I don't control time. And I don't control your life. It's only one who controls us all is the Lord Jesus Christ. The opportunity is now. While you're sitting on this seat. When I have... Reached a certain place where I can retire. And then I can sit down and I will think then about this question to giving my life to Jesus Christ. I will look at this question more thoughtfully and then I will call for you at a more convenient time. What is a more convenient time? You know, I have a little story before I finish here. A modern fable tells about how Satan solved the loss of patronage in his informal domain. He also found out that there are still many prospects on earth. But why weren't they coming to him? We need to have an immediate... They panicked in hell and they had an immediate meeting. And he called for his assistance and gave them one week to come up with a plan promising a great reward to the one who comes up with the best solution. At the end of the period, Brother Brimstone, hmm? 
who was heading the meeting, Brother Brimstone, that was heading the committee, came up with the best idea. First he said, we will pick up a nice juicy prospect. Then we will put our arm around his shoulder and say, tell me, Mr. Smith, how would you like to go to heaven when you die? Naturally, he will say, yes. Oh, wow. Then we will proceed with the tactic. Then here's what you'll have to do. Stop that heavy drinking and carousing. Stay away from sin. And all the members started screaming. They interrupted him. Whose sides are you on anyway? <laughs> but Brother Brimstone, has, he anticipated this. And he asked them to be quiet and said, hear me out. He smiled. And then I whisper in Mr. Smith's ear, but you don't have to start doing these things right now. Some more convenient time you will do that. If you're waiting for the more convenient time, it's not, to, not going to come. Do not postpone or neglect this offer. I have an offer for you today, eternal life. I have an offer for you today, a better life. I have an offer for you, young man or young woman. A life filled with joy. A life controlled by Jesus Christ. I have an offer for you. Heaven. If you miss this opportunity... One day you're going to be summoned. You're going to be called before the great judge. And who's going to be the judge? The Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to be summoned before this judge and you will not be able to have the right to have a lawyer. Because there will not be discussions there. There won't be an open argument and a closing argument. You won't have the right to open your mouth. You'll only hear, go away from me. I don't want to see your face. You'll be spending eternity in hell and damnation. You say, but excuse me, you have no excuse. Give me a chance. You were given all the chances. The door is closed. Now is the time to get right with God. In the midst of study, in the midst of business, in the midst of all things you are doing, take time to settle this greatest of all questions, your soul's salvation. And the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? College will not be able to help you, nor jobs, nor anything else. Felix lost his, lost his opportunity. He procrastinated. Please do not lose yours. Two and a half years ago, Mike Souza called me. He said, I have a friend who wants to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, let's meet at church. It was one o'clock in the afternoon. He came. And the Lord gave me strength to give him the gospel and the story of God's love.
for about two and a half hours. And he was asking questions and I was answering. And I was praying in my heart that I hope today he will accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. In that office back there, two and a half years ago, after pouring my heart out for him, he looked at me and said, Adol, I appreciate the explanation you have given me. It's a beautiful story you have. And you did a great selling job. But you know what? Today, I'm not buying a car. Do you understand what he said? Today, I'm not taking Jesus. You're trying to sell me Jesus. I'm not going to take him as Savior. At some other time. He left. Last I heard that his wife divorced him. He's living in the world. Miserable. Hopeless and helpless. Adol, some other time. I don't know if I'll ever meet him again. But I might not live, he might not live, to hear again about the gospel. Go away. I'll send for you at a more convenient time. Let's bow our heads this morning. Your soul is very, very special. It's very expensive. Are you willing to gamble with it or to let the Lord Jesus Christ take it and secure it for now and eternity? The Lord Jesus Christ is in this place this afternoon and he's asking you to say, Lord, I'll take you as Savior now. I might not have another opportunity. I will not neglect this important decision that I should make. Do not be a procrastinator. Tomorrow is another day. Forget about that one. If the Lord doesn't give us this day tomorrow, it's not ours at all. Yours is the time now. Would you take the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? Before I pray, if the Lord spoke to your heart, if you are willing to say, Lord, yes, this is the convenient time for me. Just let me see your hand so I can pray for you. Is there someone? Say Yes, Adel, I want to make it right with God. My life is out of control. I don't want to be going to that before the judge. I don't want to face the judgment seat of God. I want to escape hell and damnation. I want to live for Jesus Christ. Is there someone here today says, yes, I will take him right now. I am not going to postpone it. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm not going to wait for a more convenient time. Is there someone now? Let me see your hand so I can pray for you. Is there someone? One. One person so I can pray for him. Don't leave this place. With the feeling that, well, maybe tomorrow. Well, I'll talk to Adel about it. 
Well, I have to make some more research. This is the devil. Remember the story. Is there someone, before I pray, want to say, Lord, I want you to come into my life, change my life. I want to be right with you. I want to be reconciled with you. I want to come back and live for you. Is there someone here? Pray in your heart then. This prayer, Lord Jesus, I come to you. Help me. Help me to make it right. Cleanse me. Change me. Take this life that is out of control and control it yourself. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to speak about the most precious word that we have ever seen or heard of, your word. We thank you for the privilege and we thank you for the spirit that drives these facts home. May each and every heart be awakened this morning. May each one of us realize that we need to preach the word in season and out of season. uncompromising in every word we say. And we pray for those who are really struggling that you put your hands on them and show them that you love them. You want their own good. You want to save them and give them eternal life. We thank you for today. We thank you for this great day. We pray that you be with each and every one as you dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. If uh, anyone would like to come and talk to me after the meeting, I'll be here waiting. And hope that you'll have a great day. And see you tomorrow at 7.30 together. God bless you and be with you.